Welcome to Growing the Game with Ballsy, installment 344. Want to welcome in one of our title sponsors, John Ryan. He, of course, is Saskatchewan football royalty, always giving back to uh, the place where he grew up, including this podcast. So we thank him for his great contribution. Only Saskatchewan kid to ever win a Super Bowl. Our first quarter is sponsored by Face First Medical Aesthetics above Gabo's on Dudney Avenue. It's a place they call Beauty Avenue. Want to thank Chrisin at the Catch for getting on board. You want to get in the aesthetics game and beat back father time in a naturally looking way, get a hold of Chrisinda at 306-539-4408. Well, this guy grew up in the Yorkton area, drafted by the BC Lions, then went to the Hamilton Tiger Cats last year where he dressed for a handful of games. But he's recently back in a different green and white. Yes, Noah Zer, big hulking offensive lineman, signing with your Saskatchewan Rough Riders over the holiday seasons. Noah Zer, happy holidays to you, Noah. Happy holidays. How you doing? Hey, nice uh, to be back in Saskatchewan. First off, be back home for the holidays. What's it been like? Awesome. Yeah, it's been it's been a dream come true for sure. Yeah. So you're back home. You're back home, but now you're back home a Saskatchewan Rough Rider. How did this come to pass? Um, yeah, it was kind of a quick turn of events. Uh, I uh, finished my year with Hamilton and felt really good about things, but an opportunity came up and uh, and me and my agent and my parents thought it was kind of the perfect fit. So uh, so we decided to, to don the green and white and come on back home. Second time you've donned the green and white because he did it with the U of S Huskies. Uh, was there a favorite rider when you were growing up, Noah Zer? Um, well, for me, the the big ones were uh, were Ben Heenan and, uh, and Patty Newfeld. Those were kind of the the big dogs back in my day and the I was lucky enough to meet them both and we got to work with Patty a bunch kind of through my years at the Huskies so it was uh kind of a dream come true to to finally represent the the riders the way they have two good Regina kids there Ben Heenan and Patty Newfeld of, of course uh Grey Cup champion so you you can uh you can uh, definitely look up to to those two guys and try to uh, aspire to be them. So so far, Noah Zer, how's your CFL career go- gone? I know drafted by BC, didn't work out there, went to Hamilton. You talked about having a good year in Hamilton. Just expand on that for me. Yeah, you know, obviously this sports world is a bit crazy and and it's full of ups and downs. And I think I've I've handled it quite well. But but uh, yeah, the. BC came to kind of an abrupt halt and and I enjoyed my time there kind of got picked up by Hamilton halfway like, I guess a couple weeks into the season and just did my best you know I got into the film room got into the the playbook and kind of made myself valuable and ended up dressing uh quite a few times down down the stretch of the season and and it was it was kind of it was nice At, by the end of the year I kind of worked out a role for myself and and yeah it yeah. was just an overall great experience. So uh <clears throat> might be an obvious answer, but I'll ask the question. So what, you know, in talking with your agent and your parents, you thought this was a better fit. Was it just the fact you're coming home, or why do you think it's a better fit? Well, I just think it was, uh like, obviously, being close to home is in, invaluable for sure. You know, you see with a lot of guys around the league, you, know, you just you just play better when those, those colors mean a little bit more to you. Um, but, yeah, it was just uh, – it, I think, uh, from a contract side of side of point, uh, it was 
just a better outlook for for me and and for my future and and it was a little bit more of a i guess uh maybe a, a risky move because uh there's obviously some really good offensive linemen with right now but but i think uh i think i'll be able to uh make make a name for myself in camp and and kind of make the best of it be kind of uh, it'll be going back home for you with training camp in saskatoon you'll be used yeah. to that right off the get-go yeah exactly yeah uh how excited is the family oh they're ecstatic you know i think i think nobody wanted to sway my opinion when we were kind of deciding on what we should do but but uh once we kind of signed on the dotted line um it was it was just kind of my mom finally kind of let it loose and started crying and she couldn't keep her excitement in anymore you know she was recalling uh me being a little kid cutting out newspaper clippings of Darian Durant and post them all over my wall back home. So, you know, it's, it's a nice full circle moment for sure. That's a cool story, man. And and that is cool to come back uh, home and, and play in your home province. And and I I like that aspect of it. I think that's the important part of the ratio. Kids like Noah Zer can dream about growing up to, to be the next Ben Heenan and such. So maybe there'll be a kid like you uh, wanted to grow up to be the next Noah Zer. I can only hope so. Yeah. So what do you got to do to take your game to the next level, Noah? Um, I think we got some big things planned this offseason. You know, uh, our our strength and conditioning guys up at Ignite in Saskatoon are, are world class, and they're going to get me as ready as they can. And and I might do some, some O-line training uh, south of the border. So mm. we'll see. We'll see how that goes. So is it a case where, like, you're a big guy. We know you're a big guy. We know uh, we know you got that can't teach size. Is it is it the footwork you want to, you know, uh, continue to improve? Yeah, I think the footwork is always something that can can take a step for sure. I think it's it's just getting that body control, getting that maturity that comes with playing a few years in the league, you know, having your – your uh your brain move as fast as your legs are you know yeah uh being able to see the game kind of and not just have it come at you Mm -hmm. you talked about uh, coming home i think the other thing that people need to realize you guys aren't getting rich doing this so the money might go a little farther when you're when you're closer to home and easier for your family to come see and all that type of thing exactly right like i think uh my parents and, and my family and my friends coming to see me play was a huge part of why i was successful in college and i think It'll just add to that when I'm with the Riders. Yeah, that can't be understated too. Like it when when it matters, like it matters more to a guy when it matters to the people around him. Exactly. Yeah. It, when when people are involved and when people care and 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 I think Hamilton was great to me and and people did care over there. But it's just there's something different about about wearing that green and white and it's just a different fan base and I'm really happy to be a part of it. Be honest with me, how how taxing mentally has it been on you the last couple of years? I mean, uh this is never this isn't an easy business as you alluded to. There's no straight line of success, but that doesn't mean it's easy mentally. No, abs- absolutely not. And that's that's the other part of the game that you got to take care of, right? It's it's as much mental as it is physical. It hasn't been easy in any sense, but it has been my dream my whole life, right? So it's something that I'm I'm just throwing myself self at, and then I'm willing to take the blows and willing to work through the bad stuff so I can, so I can, so I can get to where I want to be. Have you talked to Coach Mace or uh, Jeremy O'Day? Any thoughts on on uh, what they see from you coming into training camp, which is still a ways away? Yeah, I, I've only had the pleasure of talking to O'Day because it's still the signing's still so fresh. Yeah, 
Uh, I'm sure I'll get in touch with our positional coaches and, and coach Mace here soon, but, but yeah, uh, no, I think, I, I think we're not too specific on anything right now. They just want me to come in and compete and, and hopefully win that six, seven man role and, and, uh, and just contribute. You know, I think that's the biggest goal this year. I'm going to ask you a tricky question to wrap up. Do you feel, you know, uh, sports is the ultimate reality show in the, in the world of people liking reality shows like Survivor and Amazing Race. I always say professional sports and football is the ultimate reality show. Noah Zur, do you feel like you got something to prove like your, your football future's on the line here? Like you're really, you really got to dig in here. It's kind of your last chance. I don't know if I'd say uh, last chance, but yeah, there is a reality show aspect to it for sure. Um, I think, I think it's, it's one of those times where it's, it's time to kind of, to, to prove what, what you're worth and, and maybe correct some of the opinions that have been floating around and, and, uh, yeah, just come out and, and play hard and show everybody what you can do. Well, I look forward to it, man. It's great watching you in college. Can't wait to see you wear green and white of a different kind now. Uh, congratulations on the signing best of the holiday season. Happy new year, Noser. Yeah. Happy new year to you. Time to recognize another title sponsor here on Growing the Game with Ballsy. It's Paul Waldo over at Royal LePage in Regina. Get in the real estate game with Paul Waldo, the three-time Grey Cup champ. He'd be pleased to talk football with you while he sells your home or helps you buy a new one for your family. 306-502-5355 is the number to call. Our second quarter also sponsored by Mirad El-Khatib and AGT Foods Canada. Thanks to him for all the great work he does, not only in our community with (laughs) food, but also helping out the football community with the Regina Riot and the Regina Thunder. Him and his great wife, Michelle, always doing great work. Also helping out the Rough Riders with their Plaza of Honor dinner. Well, speaking of the Rough Riders, Plaza of Honor great Dan Farthing is back in the fold. It's his second stint as the Rough Riders strength and conditioning coach. He joins us now. This guy is back with the Rough Riders. We know where he is, but it's great that he's back in green and white. It is Plaza of Honor inductee and uh, fitness guru Dan Farthing. He's the strength and conditioning coach for the team. Welcome back to the fold. Thank you very much. Very excited to renew renew my association with the club and and where the the new direction has taken us. So uh, let's start here, though, because we joked about this one of the times you were on before. 27 quarterbacks during your playing time. (laughs) Can you imagine if you just had an Austin or a Burgess or a Durant for your entire career? Does that make you mad, kind of, Dan? Uh, well, yeah, I think it's more of an indication of like the type of success we were having through my career. You know, I, I was super fortunate to play with some some outstanding quarterbacks. You know, like you mentioned, Kent Austin was at the start of my career and Henry Burris was at the end. And there were a couple of good ones in the in the middle there as well. But uh, but for the most part, we were we were we were trying people through a turnstile and it didn't really lend itself to a whole lot of success. No. That's for sure. <laughs> so so how long have you been doing level 10 there in South Regina now? Actually, we just uh, we just celebrated our 20th anniversary now. Uh, so we're into our 21st year of operation. But uh, but yeah, we just had a, a very meaningful milestone and a lot of people to celebrate with. And uh, yeah, it's been a fantastic journey through uh, through the through the well through the fantastic like sort of reception we've had through the community and all the people that we've had the opportunity to work with. You're truly a Saskatchewan guy, Saskatoon born and bred, U of S Husky, but you're down here in Regina. But a couple of your kids up there are going to school now at the U of S. 
Um, so Regina is uh, where you're, uh, you know, planted in right now. Just talk about how much the business, your business now, the athletic training business has changed from when you got in 20 years ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It has changed monumentally, not only from like the content of what we're doing, but, uh, but just, you know, the amount of people that are kind of seeing it as a, as a necessary complement to, you know, just their regular practice. Um, you know, so I think that one of the things that, uh, that we really kind of uh, uh, sell for people is that the, the, the level of athleticism that you can bring to that practice court rink field pitch, whatever the case may be is, can be just changed monumentally by, uh, by strength and conditioning. It's, it's truly transformational. So Dan, you were with the riders back around the great cup time to uh, 2013, like 2010 ish, 11 ish to 2013. You're back now in the fold. You know, how much has it changed in training? Let's say football athletes as opposed to back then even. Uh, well, you know, there are a lot of things that are still very consistent, the tried, tested and true, you know, exercises and techniques and strategies and things. But, uh, you know, there's a little bit more emph- emphasis on uh, on uh, mobility and, and keeping uh, healthy mobility, strength through full ranges of motion and things like that. And uh, maybe some more activations, I guess, is the key kind of catchphrase word right now as well. But a lot of it is, is very much the same. And a lot of it is just, uh, you know, dictated by you know, just the manipulation of parameters like sets and reps and rest intervals and when they should be happening throughout the course of the week, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's it's more, I mean, you were always into fitness, uh, probably ahead of the curve for sure, but, uh, you know, guys used to come to training camp to get in shape. Now you have to be in shape, right? It's a year, it's a year-round job. And that's kind of challenging too for CFL athletes because they're not like NFL athletes where this is like a 24-7 job for them in terms of the money, right? Like they, a lot of these guys have a job in the off season, so they've got to work their workouts in just like a regular person would. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and a lot of the guys are, are, are doing their own thing and doing the things that have got them there uh, to the pro level to begin with. So my role is, is getting them support throughout the course of the off season, but also, uh, you know, being mindful of the things that have that have given the confidence uh, that they are indeed a professional and they may have got there with the help of other people. I, we speak the same vocabulary a lot of ways, but uh, but for them to have confidence in me, part of that is, you know, an openness to uh, to what they have been doing and, and having those inclusions in their offseason program. So as a fan or me as a, a dumb broadcaster up in the booth, how can I tell that that Dan Farthing would be doing a good job as a strength and conditioning coach? Because just hear me out here, okay? I see, yeah. I, I hear a lot of T, oh, they're getting so many injuries. They, they always get, they're always snake bitten with injuries. It's got to be on the strength and conditioning guy. They need a new athletic therapist. Like, how do I know you're doing a good job? Is there is there is there a way to tell? Uh, well, great cup ring at the end of the year and a parade in late November. That's that's one way. I, I you know what I I I guess um you know what uh, a little bit of a reluctance to take credit for uh, lack of injuries because yeah. uh, when injuries do uh, uh, amass, you know, a lot of people kind of like like to point the finger other places as well. And you know, it, truth to be told, football's a car accident like sport, right? And some of those things that 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 happen on the field. Uh, no amount of strength and conditioning in the world could 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 prevent. But I do believe it has a significant impact. I do believe that uh, the players are going to be very, very prepared to play this year uh, just with some things that we are going to change, not just tweak, change a lot. And I think um, you're going to see a different product on the field, and hopefully that product on the field leads to wins, lack of injuries, 
and also, like I said, a great cup parade in late November. So how much do you think it helps you, Dan Farthing, that you played? You played all the way up, played for the Rough Riders. And I don't mean just that you're the strength and conditioning coach for the Rough Riders and now, you, you know, you played with them. I don't mean the team per se, but that you were a professional athlete at a high level. How much do you think that helps you when you're uh, back in this job? Uh, well, I think it helps, t- helps a ton. I mean, uh, not only from... Uh, from the whole year perspective, but even on a like day-to-day perspective and in, in, uh, how you're feeling post-game and as you progress through the week and just being sort of mindful as to everything from conversations with the players, what they're communicating to you, looking at them and sort of evaluating sort of body language and, and how they're on the practice field. I think that, uh, you know, I think that, that that plays an important role and, and it also plays a big role in and, uh, you know, getting confidence from the players and having them, you know, me being entrusted with this role. I think, uh, I think, you know, having been there on the gridiron actually helps in terms of my, you know, my credibility and legitimacy with them, just like it does, I think, too, with the coaching staff, too. And I think that's a that's a fantastic uh, asset that Coach Mace brings to this crew, too. You know, it, it, he's a guy that's 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 gone to battle and uh, and lived the life. And I think that has a has a huge amount of impact in terms of credibility and legitimacy well last question will be about mace but in you know co- coaches have a motto uh, each year they come up with kind of a catchphrase or the you know a team takes on the characteristic of their coach so what would your kind of motto be for your athletes with the riders as you're training and do you have like a one thing that you want everybody to adhere to or anything like that well um yeah, I guess there's a couple, you know, the, one of the reasons I gravitate towards strength and conditioning, because it's one of the one of the things in life where, you know, you uh, you actually get out of it what you put into it, you know, and I think that's an that's an incredible life lesson to learn a, a life lesson to apply to many different facets of the life of, of your life and of your your professional career and and maybe even your career as a as a parent, you know, as a as a husband and wife. But it's you get out of something what you put into it, and uh, and I'm looking for that to be a motto. I'm also looking for for the guys to be a pro. You know, I think uh, you know there there are situations where you're asked to do things outside of what's mandated um, for you as a as a professional football player. You know, and some of those things mean extra work. And some of that means, you know, before and after that mandated time frame in which the players are supposed to be there. That might be that might be watching film. That might be extra practice. That might be extra work. And it might be extra time in the weight room. So real pros do that. So I'm going to ask the guys to be a pro. I'm glad you said that because that, that is a big deal. I think a, a lot of CFL guys get into trouble with that. In college, you're very mandated, especially in the United States. It's almost like NFL-like, okay? You're there at 545, go to school, come back for all these meetings, and you're not back home till 536 at night. In the CFL, you have a lot of free time on your hands and uh, some guys don't use that wisely yeah you know I, I I would say that's 100% true and I would say that through my experience as a player and some of the things I've been able to observe over my my other roles with the team and even as a fan I think the the, the people that act like a pro and uh, and uh, approach their job like a pro and that means taking that job a little bit further they're the people that are there that have success and and also sort of cultivate success among others on the team as well. And I think that that's going to be something that you're going to notice as a difference as this team goes forward. Your early impressions of uh, Coach Corey Mace. 
Uh, well, I, I mean, I think I, I could speak for everybody that's been listening to him, to him, uh, you know, do interviews and tell where he wants the team to go. I think, uh, I think everybody's very excited about what he's bringing to the table and, and, uh, and where that's going to take us in, uh, throughout the course of the year and into the fall. And lastly, how important is the relationship between what you do and uh, what he does? Like how much do you guys have to be on the same page and in constant communication? Do you think? Well, I, you know, with all, all people on the team. I think that uh, you're going to see an improved level of communication between, you know, the strength and conditioning professional and the, uh, and the coaching staff, but also with the athletic therapy staff too. I think that, uh, you know, we all exist on a little bit of a continuum in terms of making the players be the best that they can be uh, for their performance on the field. And, you know, all people need to communicate um, for that to happen. Dan Farthing, thank you very much for your time and uh, congratulations on being back where you belong with the Rough Riders. Thanks very much, Ballsy. Really appreciate it. As we head to halftime, it's time to recognize another one of our title sponsors. Thanks to Ben Garrow and his family for getting on board and supporting this podcast. They run Advantage Collision in Saskatoon and Prince Albert, your SGI-accredited auto body repair shop, a family-owned and a certified collision care OEM-approved auto body shop, providing comprehensive service as part of a worldwide network of best in-class collision repair shops. Their customer service team can manage the entire process on your behalf to ensure everything you need is taken care of. Their high-performing, technically advanced team of auto body experts knows how to deliver exceptional workmanship and service in the shortest time possible. Trust Advantage Collision because they care about your safety. And it's time to talk with our resident health and lifestyle expert, Tish Duffy, 30 years, over 30 years in the... uh, exercise business training people and she's got lots of great tips not just for you know the uh, elite athletes but for the everyday people too and uh, Tish welcome to the show once again so everybody that I know that's uh, trying to uh, step up their fitness game or continue down that journey runs into a wall I'm sure even the great Tish Duffy's ran into a wall or two where you just don't feel like working out or your car wants to drive in three different directions other than going to the gym so do you have some uh, quick tips to keep people on the right track Absolutely. Uh, This is a great topic because I think you're right. We all, including you and me, who are active all the time, do get in rut. So this is sort of my three-star rule instead of five. I think five stars is often a little overwhelming. So I kind of try to keep it to three stars. So the first one is try to commit to three strength sessions. Um, Your body doesn't know the differences between stresses. So if you're stressed at work, stressed in your relationship, you're not getting sleep, uh, you're not eating properly. All these are stresses. And then you add on to an, a workout. Your body is going to be completely overwhelmed and it will not respond. So I try to get my clients to train three times a week. And this is why I love my program so much is because that's all I offer. And that's all I do. Uh, who has more than three hours a week to strength train? I certainly don't. And I think a lot of people would be in the same position. So if you, if you commit to the three times a week, you understand that there's lots of days that you can take off to rest or do other things that you love. Uh, The second thing is you have to get three balanced meals in each day. So these are nutrient-dense meals. Um, They're real food. So this might include a little bit of prepping, a little bit of grocery shopping on the weekend. But if you can commit to a little bit of extra time and have that food in the fridge and get prepping, those three meals will fuel your body for those three workouts. The last thing 
and probably the one that I really encourage the most is stop eating three hours before bed. Now, this can be a challenge because people like to sit down, relax, and think they deserve, you know, that bedtime snack. But we really certainly shouldn't need anything if we're eating those three meals that are full of nutrients and high-protein meals. Your body has digested that food. You're going to wake up. You're going to sleep better. You're going to wake up feeling ready to eat again. Plus, you're going to want to start the day and get up early. So if you're hungry, a little bit hungry, I don't say hungry, but I say to client a little peckish before you go to bed. Instead of grabbing that snake snack, just go to bed, get up, and you're going to be ready to get up and eat a really good high-nutritious high breakfast. You can check out Tish Duffy and all her great tips on her social media platform. She's everywhere. Train with Tish is the handle. Thanks for your time, Tish. My pleasure, Michael. Have a great day. Our third quarter is brought to you by the Stefanovics, Deb and Zelko Stefanovic out there in Moose Jaw, the R Center running the Sasselex football program, building the football stars of tomorrow today, not only in Saskatchewan, but Alberta and Manitoba as well. Thanks to them for all they do on the field and off the field, helping kids get their next opportunities and helping out this podcast too so we can spread the word. Time now to hear from a former Sheldon Williams Spartan, a former Regina Ram player and coach, a former Edmonton Eskimo quarterback, albeit briefly, a longtime Calgary Stampeders assistant, the grandson of Ron Lancaster, and now the offensive coordinator for Corey Mace's Saskatchewan Rough Riders. It's our own Mark Mueller joining us. You know, it kind of comes full circle for you here. You're, you're, you're back where your grandfather was a legend. I know he would want you to, and I know you want to make a name for yourself. But, hey, all things being equal, it's great to keep the family tradition alive, the family business, so to speak. Yeah, I think it's, it's really cool. It's, uh, when I hear it, I, I get very excited and uh, very thankful for a whole bunch of, uh, you know, good people that uh, put their faith in me. And, and uh, you know, I'm just excited to be here and excited to, uh, to get to work. So, Mark, Mark um, it was my understanding, and I'm not talking to you, but in other circles, that you had a chance, a very good chance to be the OC last year, decided to go back to Calgary. What what made you not, you know, what made it not so enticing last time around and more enticing this time around? I know they, they, there's always just different scenarios and in, in different uh, situations. And, you know, I, you know this one, the, there's so many positives to it. Uh, you know, a, a great situation from, you know, all the people that are involved, you know, whether it's, you know, it, it's Craig and Jeremy and, and obviously Corey there. Uh, you know, Corey's a good friend of mine, and I, you know, enjoyed work, working with him in Calgary. And, you know, just different timing in, in life as well. So, I you know, I think it's, uh, you know, I got the chance to, you know, to continue to grow in Calgary, and I'm very grateful for that opportunity with some really good people, whether it be Huff or, or Dave or, uh, you know, Rich Dubler or, you know, anyone else there. So uh, I'm just really looking forward to uh, this opportunity this year and, and to, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, hopefully win a lot of football games here in Green. Mark, what did you learn from uh, Dave Dickinson, uh, John Huffnagel? And, you know, you work with the legend in Bo by Mitchell. What did you learn from guys like that? I mean, it's, you'd have to go out of your way not to learn anything. You know, I think the the fact that I could, you know, look at coverages and, and ask them their opinions on coverages, you know, certain concepts. And, you know, you can watch film and, and you can see what guys run conceptually. But if you uh, don't understand why, then it doesn't really work. And I was able to, to, you know, sit in those meetings for the past 10 years, hear them explain it, hear explain why they liked it, hear explain why you run a certain motion or a certain play at a certain time. And, you know, I think just being in those conversations and then slowly 
uh, being more and more involved and then slowly being, uh, you know, enabled to be more and more involved in the faith to be, you know, uh, you know, now then a lead voice by the end. So I, I really enjoyed that. And, you know, think of guys to learn from in the history of the CFL. Those guys are right up there at the top of the list. We've talked about this before, but it's worth reiterating now that you're the uh, offensive coordinator for the Saskatchewan Roughriders. By the way, that sounds good to me, too. Uh, you you were uh, on the defensive side, DB's coach. You were running back's uh, coach, and now you're you're on the quarterback side in the quarterback room now, OC. How much do you think all of those uh, different areas, different jobs helped you uh, in this new role here as you, you embark on uh, doing something different now? Yeah, I mean, I've always thought that... Uh, one of the best things that possibly ever happened to me was being able to coach defense for a year, especially with the guy that I knew and uh, grew up around in Rich Stubler and a guy who's different and what was different and kind of always evolving with defenses. And uh, I know I, I always was very thankful to Stube for that. And I, I know I kind of said that I wouldn't have survived, you know, a year or two on offense if I didn't have that ground, you know, that real, that year on defense. And like I kind of reiterated earlier, you know, you, you need to know the why, why are teams running this? What are they trying to get away know certain leverages and things like that and uh you know very grateful for Stoop to give me a you know completely different look and aspect or outlook on 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 football and then you know running back coach I think is that you know it's like linebacker coach I was the defensive assistant for Stoops there but I got to do linebackers and the point was I as a linebacker coach you have to know the back end the coverages and and the scan the front end and I got to learn all what all 12 were doing which was awesome and then when I was moved to running back it was very similar thinking as a as a training or learning position is as a running back coach, sure, you know the run game and the protections, but you have to understand the the, the scheme and the, and the concepts of the passes around it. And you now I'm just very, very grateful and thankful for to be put in that position and in two really, you know, successful schemes and in a very successful place. And you know, I hope that uh, you know I can always draw back and you know look back at those notes or look back at those memories and and you know continue to you know look back on those and use those moving forward. What did you learn about this challenging year? Uh, uh, you know, you, you took on a few more added duties. Uh, you know, that was part of the deal with staying in Calgary. But what did you? It, was, it wasn't a great year on the field in terms of the record. What did you learn about yourself as a coach this year? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was a great learning experience. Every year is a learning experience. I think you know, if you finish a season and uh, whether no matter what happens, whether you go twelve and six or six and twelve or win you know win the Grey Cup or you know, go to the playoffs and lose whatever it is. If you if you haven't got better, then you wasted the year. And uh, you know, I feel as if uh, you know there are certain things that you know I get can get to focus on now as a coordinator, and hopefully I can you know, stay focused on those. And I, I really appreciate that. You know, no matter how many times you try to practice calling plays uh, in your basement or go through scenarios, there's nothing like doing it. And you got to do it live, and you have to understand. You know, like maybe this makes sense, but you know it, it doesn't work. So this isn't working now. They've taken that away. We got to adjust and. Uh, Nothing. There's nothing like it's just like playing. You know, if you're gonna, the only way to get better is by doing it, and then by playing. And I think that play calling is the same way. And I'm very grateful that uh, you know that Dave and those guys gave me that opportunity to do that. And uh, you know, hopefully, you know, just continue to grow and continue to build on that. Will you be upstairs or on the sidelines? No, we haven't hashed all that stuff up. I'm comfortable uh, more so upstairs. That's where I've been. Uh, but you know, I think it, you know, see how the rest of the staff shakes out, and see how you know the rest of the team shakes out, and you know, talk to Corey about that. You know, and I think uh, you know, I, I'd, be, I'd be comfortable either place, but uh, you know, I'm the most comfortable currently uh, upstairs, just because that's where I've been. So you're a young guy, uh, and uh, it's great to have new blood doing new jobs, and it's awesome. But how much is it going to be a help that you have a veteran 
uh, quarterback like Trevor Harris to work with? I know you had uh, Bo Levi Mitchell in his peak, but what's it like here? You think it's going to be like working with Trevor Harris, and how beneficial will that be for you? I think mean, it's a you know somebody that you get to watch on film all the time, and you know you know professionally admired from afar, and you know I'm looking forward to getting to know him and his family, and and then get to work with him on a day to day basis. I think. You know, the quarterback room and the, and the the play caller and the coordinator should always be on the same page, and that should be, you know, everyone should be on the same page, but it's definitely got to be the guy that, you know, that is throwing the ball and catching the ball every single play uh, from the center. So I'm really looking forward to drawing his knowledge. You know, he's been, been successful and then played some really great football in this league, and, uh, you know, he's done it in, in multiple different cities under multiple different, uh, you know, different schemes as well. So, you know, I, I've been – lucky enough to stay in the same place for 10 years and then you kind of have the, seat, the same scheme that's slowly that you know that he's evolved each season so it'll be nice to hear some you know you know different thoughts and things like that and how we can kind of put them together and you know ultimately put us in the best position to to win football games I'm just snickering here last last question or comment you you talked about it being cool <laughs> not too many guys get to walk to work every day past their grandfather's statue that'll be cool in itself yeah i think it's it's, it's really neat and you know the, the the best part for me is I get to you know my children will will live here now and uh, they'll get to see the statue all the time too and you know that's a pretty cool way to to see your family or you know or to get a reminder of of how where your family came from whether it's you know him playing here or a memory of him playing here or a memory of him coaching or you know a, a memory of you know where we came from as uh, in Clarton Pennsylvania so I think it's it's pretty neat to to be able to you know teach my children you know how we got here. And how we got back? Yeah, except you got to be around Larry more now. How's that going to be? Yeah, I mean, he, he came to the press conference today, and then he just hung around for like two more hours. And I finally had to tell him, "He like, you got to leave. You got to get out of here." You know, I mean, <laughs> we can't have it be the first day that you you stay really long. But uh, no, it's. I mean, I couldn't be. You know, I'm really excited to be around my family and and my in-laws. You know, I think uh, our children, my my children, with you know my wife Janae, she's from here as well. Are uh, to be around family is really special. And uh, being away these last ten years and these last you know uh, six or seven, both my wife and I being. Uh, in a way is uh, I think it'll make it even this this day even special more special. Mark, it's great having you back, man. I can't wait to see what you can uh, cook up there from upstairs and on the field. Thanks for your time, man. Fourth quarter brought to you by my good friend Kevin Welsh over at Hammer Time Roofing in Saskatoon. Hammer Time Roofing's mission to provide expert professional client-centered roof and siding repair replacement and installation services in Saskatchewan, but mainly the Saskatoon area. They're licensed, bonded, and insured, free estimates, and excellent customer service. If you need roofing done, call 262-ROOF. Well, at the Vanier Cup this past November, it was announced that the big university championship football game would be coming to Regina for the first time ever in 2025 and I caught up with the U Sports Commissioner Pierre Arsenault on my daily talk show The Sports Cage on 620 CKRM your home of sports in Saskatchewan. Um, Queens really embraced the community really embraced and, and, and took a lot of pride in um, showcasing uh, the, you know our our our, our, our most important university football game of the year, and, and we're already excited to go back there in, in 2024 um, and be able to build on, on the experience this year. And then uh, it's great also to have the path laid out for 25 and 26. Yeah, so talk about 25 because it affects our community. Regina, you're going to the best outdoor football stadium in the country. 
uh, here in Regina at Mosaic Stadium. How, how does uh, how does it come to pass that Regina gets on the radar to host their first ever Vanier Cup? Yeah, so we we have a bid process that that any of the you know communities uh, could could uh, usually rooted in a participating school, but uh, you know even a a, a sport group in a, in a community could could bid and and so there we had a competitive process for 25 26 good interest and good momentum around uh hosting the game right now and and uh you know i, I we're really we were really thrilled to see the what the the football community and uh to come to life and in uh in regina full credit there's already uh provincial and municipal government involvement the tourism association and then obviously rooted in uh, lisa robertson and the, the group at cougar athletics and the regina uh, in the football group as well. And, 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 uh, you know, so we, we, we had uh, talked about, I mean, the starting point has to be an interest in the local community and a, and a pathway for them to be able to come and, and put the bid forward. And so when we saw it come in, we were really excited. And, and, uh, you know, this, we're, this is a string now of, um, first time the venue was in London last year, first time it was at Queens this year, and this will be the first time at Regina. And, um, we've had really good experiences in going to new communities where, um, there's an energy and an excitement and, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll need the support of that wonderful football community, football, uh, uh, nation there in, in Saskatchewan, and, and we're really uh, pleased and excited to head to Regina. So, when you're uh, looking at this, though, as the committee and with you, uh, as the president, uh, you know, um, you're in, you're in smaller venues like in London and like in Kingston. Now you're going to a bigger venue, a 33,000-seat venue. Do you, do you think about how that presents, how many tickets can be sold, how does that present on TV, that type of thing? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Excuse me, that, that, that certainly plays a factor. And, I mean, as you just said and set it up uh, nicely, it's a, such a wonderful venue and, and such – Football history in in uh, in Regina and in, in Saskatchewan and and so we'll certainly work with the local group and and um, follow the lead of, of of those who know the facility the best. I, I think there's already good discussion about um, ticket strategies to to encourage uh, as as healthy a crowd as possible. And then I think it's just a matter of of being creative to um, embrace what we know will be a good and energetic crowd and and uh, put position it and and set that up package it in the stadium in the way that it just uh becomes the best experience for everybody i've always said this pierre i'm very i'm an advocate of uh of uh, Canadian university football players, of Canadian football players in general, even at the junior level. We need to promote, promote, promote at this level so that when they get to the CFL, they're already kind of like household names the best we can, kind of like the NFL and their college players. So when a Vanier Cup comes to town, like say in 2025, uh, can we expect kind of a, a, a mini Grey Cup? We don't expect it to be like the Grey Cup, I get it, but like in terms of player awards and some of the things going on around the game. Yeah, I mean, and, and one of the things that we uh, hope to accomplish and, and feel like um, getting out in front with the decisions and giving Regina um, a good, healthy runway, giving Laval in, in 2026 a good, healthy runway to, to plan and really build out. And same thing, I mean, the, the experience issue with Queens where they had, um, you know, for five, six months for the first one, but now have 12 months before they host again. Um, you'll, you'll see exactly that. There's a Thursday night awards night. We, we saw a fan fest on Friday night in, in the downtown core of Kingston, uh, and then fan fest Saturday morning around yesterday's game. And, and so with some time to, uh, um, with some time to plan out and, and, uh, you know, 
Um, and with the, the most important recipe being just uh, football crazy fans and, and, uh, and sports crazy fans and Regina and, and in Saskatchewan, um, we, we really uh, know that, that we're, we have great interest in working with all the local partners to, to build this to, to be as much of a festival as possible. Well, we're looking forward to it because it's the it, it's kind of, and I'm glad it's starting to move around a little bit. I know you said it, it, it's determined on the bidding process, but we haven't had one in Saskatchewan since the 2006 one at Griffith Stadium. We haven't had one out west. Uh, it'll be 14 years by the time it rolls through here because it was the 2011 uh, Thriller, maybe the best one ever before the 2011 uh, Grey Cup in Vancouver. So uh, this is good that it's coming out west. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I remember talking to you a year ago and, and, uh, you know, and, and that's just, uh, hypothesizing about whether it was possible again. And, and, you know, I can't emphasize enough that the, the route that we're grateful for is, is that there was a will in the Regina community and amongst all the partners and, and, um, and, and, and with the University of Regina to make this happen. And, um, and, and with that, it certainly was a decision that our committee was, I'm uh, excited to support. Says the U Sports president, Pierre Arsenal. Thanks for your time, man, and thanks uh, for doing your part to uh, help bring the Vanier Cup here to Regina for the first time ever. Yeah, thanks for always uh, talking to U Sports. We really appreciate it.